This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. said no gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. Uh, you know, last week was technically the end of season one, so this is technically the beginning of season two, which is, I think, very exciting for everyone. Uh, no huge developments. The only update I want to share is I last week I left everyone with the mystery of I wasn't able to find Martha behind bars online. Uh, I did a very quick search over the weekend for Martha Behind Bars, and someone has uploaded it to the internet. I haven't watched it yet, but, you know, don't come to me telling me that it's online, because I've found it. Uh, I don't need anyone's help. I will watch it on my own. Whatever. Let's get into it. I'm so excited about today's guest. Uh, truly one of the funniest. Just a dear person. None other than John Early. John, welcome to... I said no gifts. Hi, Bridger. How are you? Um, I'm thrilled to see you right now, honestly. I haven't seen you in over a year. Easily. I actually think one of the last things in my calendar was a plan to see you, at, uh, and it was canceled the weekend of the lockdowns. Well, yeah, I was coming back to LA from New York. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's That's been crazy. interesting. Did we have a plan? There was a plan. Uh, to a uh, few people were going to meet to work on a thing. I I don't even know. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, it's a professional. It was a script. Oh yeah, we we had Kate and I had asked you to, you know, donate your time. At the time, the cancellation. Every every cancellation felt like. Are, is everyone just being a little too cautious? Absolutely. Well, especially coming from Kate. <laughs> you have to wonder. Um, but no, it was she was right. She was completely right. Absolutely right. Spot on. Yeah. So uh but that was that was the last I mean, there was like a the other thing in my calendar that I remember thinking, oh, maybe I'll probably be able to get to that was like a gym appointment March thirty first. Uh, I was like, oh by then, certainly. Yeah, yeah. They'll have figured. Yeah. Two weeks <laughs> and then yeah. Um, did you, did you move to a kind of 
a FaceTime arrangement with your personal trainer? <laughs> I, did, I absolutely did not. Oh. I think there were some attempts uh, by the gym to like get me. You know, everybody needs to make money. We, you yeah, know, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, the totally. absolute worst time. Uh, but I did. Not, I kind of just shut it down. I, I just, I was like, I will just be working out from home. No one. I, someone looking at me on FaceTime to work out is not going to happen in a billion years. Well, it just means that you actually have the the discipline that you're you're able to hold yourself accountable and work out. I certainly do without I, someone I, hovering <laughs> above you. Well, I had been doing it for a year for the first time time in my life, exercising and yeah. like having someone watch me and like paying <laughs> and having to be responsible. Yeah. I think I got in kind of got into the rhythm of it and then the boredom of lockdown i was like well what else am i going to do with my days it's a shame that this is a podcast because the the listeners can't see that you are ripped (laughs) absolutely (laughs) ripped (laughs) just shredded (laughs) to all hell no uh john what are you doing with your days what you've been working a little bit but i mean when you don't you're not working what are you doing with a day well, you know, the the blessing in disguise is I have more time with my kids, which has been so <laughs> nice and long overdue. Um, no, I what have I been doing? I mean, I've been cooking a lot. Oh, well, you you're a, you were a big cooker even pre-pandemic. See, that's so embarrassing to me. Have I like have I like forced that narrative? Oh, my the God. World? Every time I would see you. There was something about cooking or I'm going to make dinner. Oh, yeah. There, yeah. Okay. Yes. Lots of like, I'm host. Yeah. Ho- identifying as a host. I, I've always identified as a host. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been cooking a lot. Well, cooking a lot more. You know, I, I guess I had like maybe, I identified more as a host pre-pandemic. And now I think I am identifying more as a host who can cook. <laughs> so what are you cooking? Oh, God, um, I, I what am I, I? I'm cooking a lot of. I, I don't even know, Pritchard. I literally don't even know. <laughs> Tell I'm me not, the last I, thing you cooked. Okay, the last thing well, I, I don't. I don't need the last big event <laughs> meal you made. I just want to know what a day to day thing is. Here, you, you're already going back to this narrative that you're so ashamed of. Just tell me what you're making for dinner. I'm sorry. Okay, here's what I made was I made, this is the thing I, oh, whatever, shut up. I made a um, <laughs> pasta alla matriciana, alla matriciana. I'm not sure if it, the C is hard. What or, is that? Uh, it's like, it's like pancetta or guanciale. Ooh. Cooked down. Right. <laughs> Reduce. Low and slow. Let me finish. <laughs> Let me finish. Um, and then you add like uh, crushed red pepper, tomato paste. Oh, also onions. I used to never do onions until the pandemic. You didn't like onions? Well, I love onions, but in this recipe, I didn't use them. Oh, which I think okay. it is traditionally calls for a red onion. But for some reason, I had like decided like that's trash. It only needs like this is a kind of a pared down like ingredients. But the onion makes it sore. And then um, crushed tomato like or puree. And then uh, pecorino. Oh, it's fantastic. so simple. And it's like, I, I just, it's like my favorite thing to make. How often are you making it? Honestly, I would say once every two weeks. Once every two weeks. And yeah. you're, are you pairing this with a pasta or something? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. So that is the sauce right. into which, you know, then you toss the pasta. <laughs> okay. And what sort of pasta? Well, that's, I think, 
very personal. Well, then that's why I demand it. And I talked to your producer before, though. I wouldn't <laughs> go into the pasta shapes. Um, I, honestly, my favorite is rigatoni. Okay. I, I always felt like one thing I knew about you is that you love bucatini. See, this is another thing that you're just out there telling <laughs> people like, loudly. I, I know, I'm so... <laughs> I am so embarrassed. I think it's, I'm embarrassed because it's become so like kind of like the millennial like Bon Appetit like aesthetic, <laughs> you know? Of course. Or like of like course. The, the millennial kind of like almost like slightly ironic interest in cooking. I feel like <laughs> I like pioneered that or something. I'm like, did I do that? Is that my fault? <laughs> I think <Not> to- honestly <laughs> um but no but i yeah i I love bucatini i normally love i used to do it bucatini and then i just found that rigatoni i just can't believe i'm talking about this i I found the rigatoni was i just liked it better okay you know bigger boats for the sauce right but uh yeah so you're out here cooking a lot of pasta is there ever a dish that doesn't involve pasta um you're yelling first of all um (laughs) I've been doing a lot of um, like searing chicken, searing chicken. Okay, searing sure. chicken both sides, like bone in, skin on, right? Uh, chicken thighs, really like caramelizing the skin, oh. getting it crispy, and then baking it, and it's like the and like caked in like spices, like cumin and stuff, oh. and curry powder and shit, and like and then and then it's just like I don't know, it's like the best way to cook chicken i've been doing that and like making a salad see about halfway through the pandemic i gained the courage to start cooking poultry Mm. you know i for years i felt like i was going to poison myself finally figured out that cooking chicken is truly not uh, not even remotely difficult (laughs) yeah did it for a few months and then stopped and now i'm back into the fear category of just i get i think covid has reignited a lot of like sanitation fears in all of us oh yeah of course yeah like when i cook chicken i am kind of psycho about like i'm literally using like alcohol on like the sink oh yeah you don't want that cross-contamination i'm like yeah Exactly. You don't know what you've touched with chicken hands or that kind of thing. Yeah. For the longest time as a kid, I was afraid of uh, tapeworms from undercooked pork. So that haunted me for years. Is that even a thing? I don't know about undercooked pork, but tapeworm is very much real. To tapeworm? People, I mean, people get tapeworms. People buy tapeworms, honey. People do not buy tapeworms. They look it up. They did <laughs> actresses, actresses in the you know in the golden era. Uh, is that true? Would they actually do that in the like in the thirties and forties? I have zero documentation to prove this, but I will look it up <laughs> after the podcast. You will confidently say I will. I will come down very confidently and say that actresses used to inject this is so disgusting but i'm literally considering doing it ingesting tapeworms <laughs> eat all the food eat all their nutrients but then how does that work because then is the is the if the tapeworms getting fat right isn't it just adding i guess fat, wouldn't you be still fat from the tapeworm? you would i think you would start gaining weird a weird shape you would just have a weirdly shaped abdomen or something right exactly and then how is the tapeworm killed that's my as a kid i would hear that they would starve the tapeworm <laughs> and this certainly can't be true and then the, you would place a piece of bread in front of your mouth <laughs> and it would like crawl up your throat that can't be true that cannot but I don't know. 
We're waiting. <laughs> that is disgusting. John, I look, I don't want to make this uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, but I do, there's something I do need to discuss with you, and I would like to just get into it sooner than later. This podcast is called I Said No Gifts. Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you agreed to be on it, and we've had some back and forth. You know, the the title of the podcast is always Again, right I there. I Said No Gifts. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. And last night, um, <laughs> I did get a text from you saying... Did you get a confirmation email? That's your gift. And of course, I this out of the blue was a little confusing. It's not my birthday. It's we're far past the holidays. Um, so I just, you know, went to bed wondering, just wondering what's John doing now. And of course, there was no confirmation email. So <laughs> uh, again, I went through my spam. I mm-hmm. went through just trash. all I dug through the trash. Junk. Uh, <laughs> uh, finding nothing. So again, it felt it did feel like a psychological game that I'm, suddenly I'm being dragged into. Berger, that was absolutely not my intention. Okay, intention. thank you. Okay. I appreciate that. I didn't want to think less of you. Thank um, you. All that said, about an hour ago, uh, I did receive a confirmation email from mm-hmm. you, and now. I have to ask, John, is, <laughs> I mean, I have to assume this is a gift for me. It, it's, it's, a, it's a gift for you, Bridger. Okay. Um, you know, I, I did, uh, prior to bringing all this up, I was planning to say that there was something in this bag that I had uh, brought to the podcast, <laughs> yes. uh, which I've taken a photo with all of these things, but now mm-hmm. we're just going to say, look, I'm not getting into the bag. Well, it's, it's COVID era. You know, I figured it was safer. COVID is very tricky when you create a podcast that has kind of this physical element that becomes a hassle for everyone involved. (laughs) Um, All that said, I mean, should I open the email and we'll see what's happening here? Yes. Yes. I think that's a great idea. Let's just uh, zip over to my email. I'm actually really curious about the contents of the email. Okay. Let's see here. I'm going to open the email. John, this is fantastic. John, <laughs> John, I can't believe what I'm seeing here. Well, this is, you've given me a subscription to the Paris Review. Well, I don't want to assume that you aren't already a subscriber. Well, look, that but... is a huge assumption. Yeah, yeah. You think I'm just this <laughs> I'm illiterate idiot. Just reading the next Jody P. Cult. <laughs> cult. I don't know how to say her name. <laughs> this is fantastic, though. This is, for me, an, an enormous gift because, you know, I occasionally I'll see see a sale, let's say, on the New Yorker, $5 for six months. Oh. <laughs> Look, I'll go for it. <laughs> we'll get into that. I'm happy to get into that. Yeah. But I am not someone who will just subscribe willy-nilly to a literary review. Oh, yeah. Well, you'll be getting four in the mail. That's incredible. Over the course of the the year, Bridger. And at the year end, you have an option to renew. (laughs) A liquid you renew. Tell me why you're giving me this. I have no idea. I just (laughs) thought it would be so funny. Um, No, I am giving this to you because I know you. And I know that you need to 
kind of diversify what you take in culturally. <laughs> you just think I'm reading I, trash. I'm over I here reading people. I think it's a people. lot of kind of white bread, processed white bread, and <laughs> like and like upworthy. <laughs> and so I thought Bridger is so smart. I think he'll really appreciate a kind of curated, like you know. How do you say quad quad like four uh, times a year? Yeah, four times a year. What is that? That's a quad quadrannual quadrannual. I don't know that that's a word. That's not can't. <laughs> well, there's biannual. <laughs> there is biannual, of course. Yeah, but I mean, I've never heard quarterly. Quarterly, yeah, it's a quarterly. <laughs> okay, yes, I, I just I knew you'd appreciate. You know, instead of the kind of heavy flow of. Um, just endless content every single day on Twitter. I thought you might like something a little more punctuated and <laughs> intentional and highbrow, frankly. You don't feel like Twitter is a good news source? No. <laughs> you, don't, you don't feel like it's a good uh, cultural uh, fountain? It's, no. Uh, you're never it's, it's a fire hose of just radicalization. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. It is, I have really uh, reduced my Twitter usage in the past couple of years. We've but... all kind of noticed, and we've, <laughs> just, we've been talking about it in our meetups. Thank you. <laughs> just me and the rest of the comedy community that you're not invited. When I do get on it, it's immediately like a blinding mix of anger and confusion and yeah. frustration and irritation uh the most recent thing basically what happens when i get on twitter is i'll see two people who i largely probably don't respect yeah. tweet uh the same word twice and i'll say oh okay so there's something annoying t trending and then you head to the what's trending oh i Are get on what's trending <laughs> yeah i do feel like it's, there's like a newsletter that people are getting about the today's the day's big topics that suddenly suddenly everyone will be talking about the same thing. I'm like, where? What is the original source of this information? And why? How is the swarm of flies? It's just Twitter. It's not. No one's getting it from anywhere else. That's why it's like such a crazy like human centipede. Like I I've really been realizing it lately. Like in a new way. This won't be interesting at all. But like. I just feel like it's really been dawning on me the way that we all like do unpaid work for Twitter. Oh, of course. I mean, it's, oh, it's my insane. God. Like everyone wakes up and acts like it's their job. They literally head to the magnifying glass, the what's trending or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, okay, Ted Cruz. Okay, I went to Mexico <laughs> once. And they're like draft. And they're like, no. Okay. Okay. Here we go. And then they fire off their Ted Cruz tweet. And, and what's implied in their like Ted Cruz tweet is that they care about what Ted Cruz is doing. For me, the Ted Cruz thing, I'm happy that there's something trying to hold Ted Cruz responsible for whatever. Absolutely. I do not want to be thinking about Ted Cruz for another second of my life. He's a good man. <laughs> <laughs> He's a father. He's a husband. <laughs> No, but that's what happens is I get on Twitter and suddenly I just have to think about topic after topic that I do. I have had no interest prior to getting on Twitter. Most recently, there was something about I don't even want to say it aloud. You must. You must. The uh, Lola Bunny from Space Jam. <laughs> Did God. you see any of this? Give it 
Oh, no, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. But I, I am so sick of like our generations, if I may lump us in the same generation. Um, our generations, like just endless excavation of the nineties. Um, just absolutely inexcusable. I thought like maybe 2013, we had reached max capacity for talking about the nineties and it has been eight years and they're still doing it. I don't understand it. It really makes no sense for me. And it's not even like, for example, space. It's not just that we're just talking about it. It's that we're like spending trillions of dollars per year, like rebooting like nineties IP Things that were not good to begin with. Like, exactly. Things that we should have forgotten. Yeah. Seen at a slumber party and then it just vanished into our memory. But yeah. for whatever reason, there's just this boring group of people who keeps just bringing it back into the spotlight. It's horrifying. I know. Me. It's it's horrifying. So you're not, are you not tweeting anymore? Like, are you, because you, because you, you have one of the funniest <sighs> oh, Twitters God. in the game. Oh, that's that was very like, sweet of you. But it's, but that was like, I remember first joining Twitter like 32 years ago, which is so sad. <laughs> it and has I remember, been a, like and, a and Twitter used to be fun, like in a way, like, I mean, it was absolutely, I joined it for like pure career reasons. I was writing oh, of jokes. I was doing the thing that I was just making fun of. Like I was doing it to get jobs. Like I was like scanning the day's events and then like sending out my take, you know, and literally it like, I'm sure helped me, you know, like, it or like, I don't know, maybe me, who knows. But I just remember back then there was, it was like before it felt like we were all so insanely like atomized and radicalized. It was like right. when it would just felt kind of, it was annoying in a different way. It was annoying in that it was just kind of a competition and it was like very kind of like blatantly brazenly like careerist or something. That's why it was annoying. It was like for humble bragging. And now it's like actually just like so toxic and scary. But in that time, in that golden era, I remember really really enjoying your twitter so much and whenever you would retweet me i was always so touched (laughs) (laughs) the bridger stamp of approval the thing about it did used to be like that's how i learned of you you know like and i like i joined it i didn't know anyone in the entertainment industry i was like well this is the one kind of way you can get jobs doing this sort of thing and it was kind of fun it was so kind of stressful because it's you're exposing yourself publicly and it's that's horrifying at all times but uh it eventually helped lead to job like it literally was my first writing job was because of twitter and i thought once i got a job i would be able to separate myself from it but it just digs itself into your life in such a horrifying way that it's nearly inescapable i feel like in the last three months i've finally almost completely disconnected from it i'll tweet on Good. occasion yeah maybe once or once a week or once every two weeks i use it to promote this podcast but i do not like i don't like looking at it i mean there were a few months ago uh, my boyfriend jim was like i was looking at it, he's like what are you getting at you're you're not even laughing like the if the point of it is to be laughing I can't tell you the last time that happened. Oh, was my at God. I haven't laughed on uh, at a tweet since the 80s, the late 80s. <laughs> no, now it truly just feels like a giant swarm of flies that will just is just scanning for little pieces of meat to just devour in seconds yes. Yes. and just turn into garbage. Like, I mean, the, like, if we can't, I don't even want to go through 
past tiresome memes that like within an hour are exhausting to look I know, at i know uh, i don't know what to do with my i should be looking at long form articles print articles and that sounds so refreshing of fiction me. i mean Short twitter stories, has interviews <laughs> right just edifying myself twitter has decimated my reading ability i i read every morning but it is like i'll get i can get through one chapter that's well that's reading a chapter every morning i would say is like huge john when i was in high school <laughs> i was reading like a book a week you know like that's beautiful <laughs> that's i knew beautiful. you were a nerd okay i for- <laughs> I figured you were a total fucking dork. Okay. Um, no, I I know what you mean. And I will say I have gotten it back a little bit. You have? And is have. It, has it been through discipline? Is it, Are you setting aside like parts of the day where I'm going to be reading and not looking at my phone? Or is it just That's kind of come back? Step. It honestly has been like searing. Um, <laughs> this will sound very self-serving, but just like, well, no, hold on. <laughs> it's i'll tell you what it was what it it was through this is actually how i got sincerely if you guys want to know if you guys i'm talking to your audience <laughs> you like my friends. all right for the, for the folks that don't want to know uh <laughs> the reason why i even thought of, to give you the paris review which by the way if it's not clear <laughs> it's a complete joke <laughs> A very funny, kind of expensive joke. I think it's uh, a great, but it's a joke that actually works on a practical level, which is it incredible. really does. It really does. I and, but what happened was I became, and this is what got me back into reading was I became obsessed with Wallace Shawn, the who you know our beloved Wallace Shawn, but he also is a playwright, which like a lot of people don't actually That's know. Right. They know him That's as like, so odd. The guy from the genius from Clueless, right? And from um, you know, Princess Bride. And he's a fucking like brilliant playwright that my friend, one of my dear friends has always been obsessed with. And she finally kind of got me into him and like, and then, so then, so I became obsessed with him through his plays and then he was on search party. Oh, right. As was his longtime girlfriend, Deborah Eisenberg. Okay. And she is like a MacArthur genius, like true, like, She's like she writes short stories. She's right. she's she's like beloved and like she's like a New York like literary icon. Like like people like really love her. And so I became very curious about her through Wallace Shawn, whatever. And then at the very beginning of the pandemic, like this, the kind of the way I started, like oh, and I met her. I met her through Search Party, and I spent like two days with her, just like talking to her and it was like it was just a really really beautiful experience and then the second lockdown happened i just started reading i was like this is a very clear like a short story writer it's like kind of a very clear like task it doesn't feel overwhelming like oh i'm reading i'm gonna have to read six novels to to complete this person's like you know whole body of work like i i there was something very digestible about like read a short story every day so i started reading her shit and like went bonkers for her like absolutely bonkers and that was the thing that created the habit of reading again Uh, and made me like hate twitter in a really nice way and also (laughs) i mean it was like it was like during the election too and i just was like getting so angry every fucking day or during the primaries like the bernie stuff i just was so angry about like everything that was happening to bernie and so and so like reading deborah just really took me out of a really dark dark rage 
place. And then, and then it just kind of created this hole. <laughs> it's like this new hole to be right. filled. Um, which, and, and like, once I finished her work, I started just looking up who she likes, who, what her favorite books are. And then, and it's, I've just since been kind of building on this, like there's like the Deborah Eisenberg nucleus and then like everyone she's like influenced by or loves or like has worked with or something, you know, like it's, and it, and that's, what's done it for me. And then there's this really long interview with her in the Paris review that oh, I was like okay. dying to connection. read. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here, here's the scalding tea. <laughs> you better get your fucking burn cream ready. Cause I'm about to use all of you with this team. <laughs> so there, there was a, let's just say there was a paywall. <laughs> the Paris review for, to read this interview with her. And I was so obsessed with her and so desperate to hear her like talk. Right. That I paid $49. <laughs> That's for incredible. A Paris review subscription to read one interview. To care about anything uh, 40, <laughs> uh, that much to pay $49. Yeah. I would That's kill. A privilege. Um, and, and then I, for, I read the interview, having paid for the subscription, completely forgot that I had paid for the subscription. And then maybe a couple months later, a fucking fat Paris review arrived in the mail and I felt so chic. <laughs> and now I have a little stack of like four Paris reviews on the fireplace. <laughs> That's exactly where they need to be. Have you read them? I have not cracked one. <laughs> But I was looking at I was looking at the stack as I was like, what do I get Bridger? Because I was like, there's like a little novelty store down the road. They have like handcuffs. I was like, it's so not my sense of humor though to be like handcuffs. <laughs> and but I was like desperate. Of course. And then I looked at the Paris reviews and I was like, that's good. It's perfect. I mean, it's I'm genuinely looking forward to getting them. I'll read one thing from each of them. Yeah. Well, my, my plan, of course, is my is I have this like idea that like one day I'll get to them and I'll work my way through them all. But, right. Yeah, right. And that's the thing about a literary magazine. At least, you know, the short stories or whatever are hopefully evergreen. Yeah. And you can look at them down the road. You know, with the, what I was uh, earlier when I said I'll occasionally subscribe to The New Yorker, I'll usually get to there's a part of the magazine I'll get to that just makes me mad. And then I uh, dispose of. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it'll be nice to have a quarterly thing to look forward no, to. No, and it's, it's not, I do feel like, again, our generation, like the New Yorker has always been the kind of right. signifier of like prestige or like kind of high mindedness or something. Yeah, no, I fully, I'm fully on board <laughs> with that. And yeah. I feel like the Paris Review is kind of suddenly about to take the spotlight. I don't know. I, well, I with have, this podcast, with this, this podcast, with this particular it's episode, launch the Paris yeah. Review. <laughs> um, no, I do feel like people are our age are looking for something more. I agree. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be I know, absolutely I think it's wrong. True. I think people are really hating Twitter. I think people are really, really. It feels like the like, hate that we've been talking about for like the last five years or so is finally really kind of cemented and people are actually like i can't do this anymore yeah. this is not i well, mean are you on it much no because i literally lock myself out of it with this app called freedom oh that's beautiful what does the app do 
Um, I don't know. Uh, no, it um, it basically <laughs> you just like schedule it, it. It it locks you out of whatever apps, whatever websites you want to be locked out of, right? For like a certain amount of time. And I do a full like when I wake up in the morning, like I do it. I set it to like eight thirty a.m. of the next morning, and then I basically wake up, have a miserable half hour where I'm like taking it in, and then I like gleefully relock myself out of it for another like twenty three hours. And then, and then what happens, of course, is my body is so fucking accustomed to just typing TWIT yep. in every four seconds. And I do it, <laughs> and, but it goes, this green screen pops up and it literally says like, congrats, you're free. <laughs> oh, this is lovely. It's like, relax, like, like enjoy, like you're not like, do the work you were meant to be doing. You know, it's like corny, like neoliberal shit <laughs> but it's like but it's still it's like it's so nice because you literally can't help yourself you just type it in and before you know it you're just on twitter and 30 minutes have gone away and you know it's it's everyone knows it but wait but are there any this is my problem are there workarounds of course doll see i need but, but i tell you what it's not you're... okay okay Listen, <laughs> it's hard because it's hard it's hard to. They work should make around. yourself a puzzle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> there, yeah, I wish it were that hard, but it's like it's more just like you have to um, you have to like delete the app from your phone, and often, and this oh, is what okay. I actually really like about it, even though it can be really annoying when you actually do need to use Instagram to like promote something, or something. right? But like it kind of like fucks up your apps, like it, it like the whatever the blocker is is right. like fucking intense, and like even <laughs> I'll like delete the app and I'll still. My Instagram will be like really slow once I like oh, this sounds incredible. It. Yeah, and I'm just like honestly good. It like kind of makes it all a little less slick and just you right. know easy to be on for two hours. Yeah, I mean the, in the last like year and a half or so, I put on the I don't even know is it the phone saying like you have this amount of time for the, the day or whatever. Time. Oh uh, yeah, it's so devastating every time. Yeah, uh, like, but every day now, at least on like Instagram, I get it says like you have five minutes left and i just put ignore limit for the day but i think that's more because of the pandemic i'm just like look what else am i gonna do <laughs> and for me at least instagram i mean it's just such an absolute waste of time it's not doing yeah. any my brain is not no new information is entering my brain no uh, i'm not thinking so but i will say instagram doesn't feel it's not sending me into a, an immediate rage as soon as I'm looking at it. I completely agree. I mean, there's Instagram has its kind of own special kinds of like rage. Right. Which I would say are like infographic based. No, of course. The infographic trend has yeah, really... Like, oof, that is... Like, here are 10 ways you know that... like, And then you're like swiping through and it's like, oh, I am a monster. Sorry. <laughs> I actually do need to check my privilege. <laughs> I forgot to check my privilege today. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, I have a I do have a like a secret Instagram account to just follow things that I genuinely enjoy. And then like my sister follows it. But does it turn into you just checking so, like, oh, of course, it, it's like yeah, yeah. me checking this podcast Instagram and then me checking my personal Instagram. And then it's just <laughs> really who cares. It just means that I'm using it three times as much rather than. <laughs> John, 
I want to play a game. I can't wait. <laughs> Anything. Um, it's been a while since we've played this game called Gift Master, so I'm just going, you know, usually I give a choice. I'm, I'm taking a little more control oh, on this podcast. I don't want to choose. You shouldn't have to choose. I need a father figure right yes. now, Bridger. Yes, okay. absolutely, and I'm stepping in. Thank you. Um, so I do need a number between 1 and 10. Now you know what I want to say. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, what, what do you think I want to say? What's the number that everyone chooses when they choose a number between 1 and 10? The, the, through my own uh, research is 8. Really? Yeah. I'm trying to be cool and go 1 over from 7. I've always felt since I was a little boy that people like that when you when teachers are like pick a number between one and ten seven. I I feel like that has always been the go to number. I'm telling you on this podcast, it's eight. I, I promise you, it's people not wanting to to say seven. Yeah, they don't, I guess they don't want to do seven. They're, and rarely does anyone do below five. You're exactly. never getting a three. Yeah. No one says one. Well, uh, unless you're like, I don't know, David Foster Wallace. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking what? about. I'm just like trying to imagine a really pretentious person choosing one. I, I love, uh, yeah, I love uh, presenting somebody with that. And then the person decides they're going to be difficult with choosing a number. Yeah. <laughs> well, look at me. Well. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say nine. No. Oh, wow. That's high. Okay. Perfect. I think nine's cool. Okay, I have to do some calculating in order to get the game pieces. Um, oh, and there's a, a system of randomization in order to keep it fair. Okay. Um, so now you do have the microphone. You can promote something. You can recommend something. You can do whatever you want. You can talk about something you enjoy. I don't care. I'll While be right you back. do the calculations? Yes. Okay, and I'm going to see I will tell you, you have who knows how much time. It could be seconds. It could be truly two minutes. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, what's up, you guys? It's John Early taking over for Bridger for a couple seconds. Um, I I would just like to double down on my recommendation for Deborah Eisenberg, who really changed my life. <laughs> I read all of her short stories. You should read them. You should start with her most recent, Your Duck is My Duck. Um, and then you should go back and work through, work your way through chronologically. I also have to promote my favorite movie of all time. I've been talking a lot about it on social media. It's called clock watchers. It's a kind of a forgotten indie gem. It is finally after years of campaigning. I'm not in any way taking credit for this, but I did campaign for years on Twitter to get it streamable somewhere. It is finally on iTunes. Um, you can rent it. It stars Tony Collette, Parker Posey, Lisa Kudrow, and Alana Yubach, And it's really, really beautiful. John, excellent use of time. I got everything in. And I would say Clockwatchers actually feels to me like a De it has the tone of a Deborah Eisenberg short story. So they pair really beautifully together. I'm going to say this about Clockwatchers. You've been you have been recommending it for probably since as long as I've known you. Yeah. And uh, years ago, I tried to find it online, could not. Finally uh, found a torrent of it, downloaded the torrent. It was in Russian, I think. This has happened to so many. It, it was it was dubbed. It wasn't just it was, it was absolutely dubbed. So it was unwatchable. This literally happened to me. I like planned a trip upstate with a friend and like the big like the like climax was going to be we were going to watch a pirated thing of Clockwater. She had right. never seen the movie. And then we did it like I had it downloaded and it was literally like dubbed in Korean. <laughs> yes. I was like, cool. So it was unwatchable. And that was like the one copy on the Internet. Yeah. It was. 
I don't know. Why was that movie under such lock and key for such a long time? You know, I actually like a true psycho. I'm like in touch with the director. Oh, no way. <laughs> because I wrote a paper on it in college mm. and she was an NYU grad. And so I was like, I like went through the alumni and got her like information <laughs> and like interviewed her about it. And we like and she very sweetly like kept in touch with me over the years. Oh, and like, great. I love her. And she had a really brutal experience in this industry. One example being that like, they literally the company like lost the print you're kidding what there's like no existing like 35 millimeter or whatever oh, like print what a movie. Shame. i was like you don't have it she's like no they never gave it to me like it was like last at this festival they said they don't have you know like but some someone has it because it recently there's like a new like streamable and it's like beautiful quality like HDS. I rented it and it's fantastic. You when did you rent it? Like when you you were recommended. I mean, you posted about it online. I was like, thank God, it's finally available. I have because that cast is phenomenal. It's I was like, phenomenal. John has great taste. I have to. I've been wanting to see the movie for years. Then you you are the movie's number one promoter, number one fan and promoter. And it's so it's it looks amazing. It's so beautifully directed. But the, and then that cast is incredible. I know. I, mean, I think it's so visually beautiful. Like that's one of the no one talks about it. But when they do talk about, it, they don't talk about the visuals. The visuals are true. Like it's actually directed. It's yeah, exactly. It's very deliberate. Has she done anything else? She did a movie called Thirteen Conversations About One Thing, which was okay. like a follow up, and it was with like John Turturro, Amy Irving, Matthew McConaughey, Clea Duvall. Wow. And and it was really good, but it like came out right before nine eleven, and like oh, no one saw it. And then she made this other movie with like Greg Kinnear, Alan Arkin, and Billy Crudup. That was like basically hijacked from her mid process by like the executives and they like ruined it. And then oh, she was like, I'm not, I'm not doing the same words as hell. Right. What is she doing now? Uh, she's just like in the valley with her sister, like just hanging out. I have, I literally, I don't, I don't know. Like I literally sent her an all caps email being like, it's streaming. <laughs> I was like, are you excited? It's finally online. She had no idea. Of course not. I told her. That is wild. I literally, like, I mean, literally years of it being unavailable. She had no idea that her first, her debut movie was oh. finally available. She was like, oh, really? Like, kind of just like, she's just That's like, I don't know. It's, it's devastating. I always, I always, like, she's, by the way, I interviewed her for this, like, Tony Collette thing I did a while ago. And she brought, she came over to my place, my apartment. Oh my god, you are truly the president of the fan club. 100%. And she literally brought me a, a prop. I have it right here. It's, I don't know if you remember this from recently watching it. It's the pen, Jack Schoberg, CLU. Oh, that's a, a, kind of a pivotal thing in yeah. it. Yeah, he's like the sleazy guy in the bar who gives the pen to Lisa Kudrow. All right. And, you know, and they realize that it's actually kind of a fake title and he's just being a sleazeball. That's incredible. I have the fucking pen. John, you just grabbed that. Off, it seems randomly off your desk. Where are you keeping this? <laughs> well, okay. Fair, That's fair. going to be lost. Uh, I know. I need. It needs to be in a fucking like. What is yes, that? staple that to the wall or something. Shadow box? No, what's it? Uh, I think a shadow box sounds right. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I know, but it's it's in a little pen holder right now. Okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> Why is that in a pen holder? I know, I know, I know. I need to get it more formally. Okay, I will, <laughs> honey. I'll I'll spend the money on it. <laughs> okay the game the Sorry. game is called gift master 
Um, I'm going to tell you three potential gifts, and then I'm going to tell you three celebrities, and you have to tell me which celebrity you will give which gift and why. Does that make sense? It's very easy. But why did I say the word nine? I mean, the word number. The number nine. Well, I have a long list of potential gifts and a long list of potential celebrities. And then I go through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two. Does that make sense? I've had a lot of questions about that. Okay, I'll play along. I'll play along. You just tell me if I'm doing anything wrong. You'll, you're going you're gonna to be fine. Okay. The three gifts that you're going to be giving. This is where I struggle. Uh, the three gifts are... I'm writing them down. Okay. Uh, impacted molars. Now, that's, <laughs> that's, you know, like when your wisdom teeth uh, are essentially... I, I, you know, I'm not a dentist. I'm not an orthodontist. But I feel like they're kind of just really in there. They're really They're stuck. under the gum. Right. They're impacted. Okay. You and haven't it, gotten your wisdom teeth removed, basically. Right. And I think that it makes getting them removed more difficult. Okay. Okay. But I could be wrong. I just like the sound of impact in Impacted in molars. Yeah, okay. Uh, number two, cozy slippers. Oh. Okay, I like a pair of cozy slippers. Yeah. And finally, a true sense of self. That's the third <laughs> gift you'll be giving. Okay, so two okay. of these things are uh, non-traditional gifts, and that's fine. The, the people you're giving them to are Saoirse Ronan, <laughs> who... Uh, you know, we all know and love the, the performances of Saoirse Ronan. This next one, I may have to give some context to because it took me a moment. Robert Irvine. Now, Robert Irvine, I think he hosts Restaurant Impossible. He's kind of this extremely muscle-bound British man with a... Um, He's, he goes around restaurants around the country and yells at the restaurant owners about what they're doing wrong um i'm looking him up right now is that okay yeah of course i've never seen him in my life but he's I, there's a picture that i found of him flexing holding a whisk <laughs> that sounds oh, on the cover well. of muscle and fitness absolutely roided out <laughs> yes you can see like that is not this, that is not him that's a head put on that body completely but look at the spongy quality of roid <laughs> roid work He's incredible. Now, I, you're not familiar with him. I can I can switch celebrities if you'd like, or you can keep him. I think that gives you a good idea Let's of who keep he him, is. Yeah, I feel like he was part of like the British Special Forces, and then probably opened a restaurant and is now yelling at American restaurateurs. Yes. Okay, Robert Irvine, and finally, <laughs> uh, Miles Teller. <laughs> <laughs> Actor Miles Teller of Whip It. What was the movie? Uh, <laughs> Whiplash. Whiplash. Uh, yes, Whiplash. Whiplash Whip is a the, way better title for that. Movie. Yes, and it's the one with the um, roller derby girls. Well, that is. That's right. That's yeah. called Whip It. Uh, he's in Whiplash. I don't know that I've seen him in another film. I I do remember when I was living in New York, there were a lot of uh, posters for a movie he was in. That I could, the posters made me angry every time I saw them. Was it was it the army one? It's called like, who are you talking to? I got to look it up because if it's, I feel like it was one where he was like a. I want to say like, uh, actually, I don't. I don't know what the character was. He he looked like an asshole. I remember seeing him. I'm not. Wait, war dogs? No, no, I don't know that it was. He always has that look on his face, so it's just. Think, wait, Does, by the way, 
the, the movie that I thought was called Who Are You Talking To is called Thank You For Your Service. <laughs> Who are you thinking uh, I'm talking to? I'm going to, I want to, let's see, two, I want to say, it probably was War Dogs. Yeah, War Dogs or, Bleed or for Spectacular this? Now. Bleed for this, what's that? We're now just looking up the Miles Teller. So I saw Footloose in theaters, the remake with him. Wait, he was in Footloose? The remake. How was the movie? I honestly loved it. <laughs> I was there with two friends from high school. We were that we were trying to have a good old time. Right. And and we had a blast and I thought he was a star. Miles Teller? Yes, I thought he was such a natural. I thought he was a star. <laughs> and then I hear that he's he doesn't have a good reputation and that's not That that's doesn't not surprise like me at all. Private information that is like much publicized. But it's depressing because I think he's so gorgeous and like American. I, I can't look at his face. His face just—he does not look like a good person to me. Oh my! See, I mean, I guess you must be—you must be right. You I mean, know? I'm looking like, up what is his reputation. Just like a kind of like, uh, you know, unprofessional kind of hot-headed. Okay, uh, like sure. Go like freak outs on set, showing up late, that kind of stuff. I mean, I do need. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna message you this poster for this movie bleed for this because i do need you to just quickly for context see what i'm talking about okay, i would see okay. in the subway every day and i was just i fly into rage uh, was this when you're working on kimmy schmidt oh yes, it my was. god of course can you imagine i know, I know. wait who is that aaron eckhart oh it's aaron eckhart so hot still <laughs> He is very good looking. He really is. And and I we Kate and I recently rewatched uh Aaron Brockovich. I've never seen Aaron Brockovich. It's a damn delight. You should watch it. Okay. It's very inspiring. <laughs> John, okay, it's time for you to to tell me who was getting what. Who Do you need what? a uh, re- uh refresher on all of that information? How many times do I have to tell you this? I wrote it down. Oh, that's right. Okay. okay. You told me once. <laughs> Okay, so, well, I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna give Robert Irvine cozy slippers. Okay. <laughs> um, because I don't know. I feel like, I feel like he's sweet. I mean, again, I've never seen him <laughs> speak. I've never seen his work. But like, I don't know. Just. The, the the amount of work he's putting into his body. I that's just what I'm saying. That like he, slip in. And, yeah, that's someone who like out. needs some type of love or comfort. Totally, totally. And it would be too obvious to give him a true sense of self. But <laughs> well, see now I'm uh, okay. Well, okay. So oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I see what you've done here. I see. You know the what problem. I mean? So cozy right. slippers go to Robert Irvine. Impacted molars. I'm going to give to Sersha. Oh, interesting. I think she has a true sense of self. Right. That's what I I felt like you were trapped yourself. And I actually, I love her, but I think she's working so much right now and Mm -hmm. she needs to be checked a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think she actually, like, I don't want her to, it's, I'm looking out for her. I I don't want her to get too big of a head based on like all these leading roles and like a Right, overexposed. Exactly. So I want her to like, basically have to take some time off to like deal with the with the whatever procedure that requires and take some time to just kind of like get out of the rat like the prestige rat race that makes perfect sense and like a realign readjust and kind of actually re-examine 
um, the the next the next choices she wants to make instead of just going on to the next. Oh, of course, Oscar bait. You know, just the so, brutal cycle. And then a true sense of self, I'm going to give to Miles Teller, not because I wish him peace, <laughs> but because <laughs> I think. Maybe if he gets a true sense of self, he'll be, he'll be nicer to crew members. Right. And in this, so this is me looking up for the crew. I think that's great. I think Thank that, you, you know, uh, slight disagreements here and there, but, okay. uh, <laughs> but I think that that was expertly played. Thank you. I don't, I don't know what to tell anybody, but beautiful. We have to answer a question. This is called, I said no emails. People write into I said no gifts at gmail.com. People are desperate. Just help me answer a question. Okay. This person, let's see. Okay, this says, dear gracious host and esteemed guest, I love listening to your podcast and got my sister and brother-in-law who live in Brussels hooked too. Oh, okay. I remember this question. I'm bought. Uh, okay, this is going to be complicated, and I apologize. I, I bought wait. them your Gift Master game for Christmas. So what we just played, there's a home version. This person bought it for Christmas and was delighted. That, that to you see- made? I didn't make it. The network oh, makes oh, oh. it. But is it like with your picture and stuff? John, it's I, somehow I've made it into a place in my life that I now have a like a card game. I had no idea. I would have prepared more for this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, this is huge. All that aside, prepare yourself for this. Okay, 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 this great. person bought the gift for the bro- sister and brother-in-law. Uh, they live in Brussels. Uh, okay. Was delighted to see that it could be shipped directly to Belgium, as international shipping is often a trial. I refused to read even the most basic information about how Giftmaster is played, and sent the two of them, who are in lockdown with my 19-year-old, not 19, 19-month-old nephew, <laughs> a game that cannot be played with only two people. I should uh, tell the listener now, it's like a three-person or more game. Two oh, people. You can't yeah. play. You can bend the rules and play it two people, but you want three people around. In addition, the shipment was assessed at 40 euro import tax, which they had to pay in order to receive the gift. Okay, no, so the brother-in-law and sister had to pay 40 euros just to get this. Well, I um, hope he reimbursed them. So <laughs> I sent them an unplayable game that literally cost them more than I'd paid for it myself. <laughs> this would have been an amazing sibling prank if I'd actually planned it. For them, Giftmaster is yet another joy that's embargoed until after this pandemic is over. Bridger, what can I gift them to make up for this comedy of errors? Many thanks, Eli. So basically, this person has made family pay, what is 40 euros? That's probably $60. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on top of the price for this game, which they cannot play. So now the person is now thinking of sending another gift, which to me, first of all, I, what this is this customer service? what's happening here um but we do need to think of something that you can say at this point i think you're just sending the first thought here is just pay them back yes what are we talking about it sucks but like you cannot leave that to them you can the 40 euros yeah i would be absolutely shattered yeah yeah what what let me be clear what's the question is like how do the question is like i want to send them another gift that they can actually use okay okay first of all let's just be honest everybody's getting you know the vaccines are they're on the trucks they're headed out i would say wait it out 
Yeah, just like give it another month without mentioning anything. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like, you know, Europe, they're probably going, they've probably got a decently efficient system of getting the vaccine to people. Yeah. Uh, Brussels is not huge. <laughs> uh, the population's not overwhelming. They're probably already completely vaccinated for all yeah. we know. I mean, this person probably wrote in months ago, so I apologize, but that's the nature of a podcast. Um, but this is what I'm going to say. Buy yourself a ticket to get vaccinated. Surprise trip to Brussels to play the game. And I, I think that's brilliant. I don't and know. It's a total surprise. It's like and it's and it's literally they show up and, and they what if the couple's forgotten about the game? <laughs> they probably have. Yeah, it's probably collecting dust somewhere. I mean, <laughs> the uh, the one caveat I will say here is that. It seems like you've already burdened them once. Right. Uh, you don't to now want to be up. like, sorry, are these sheets clean? <laughs> <laughs> what are we having for dinner? Yeah. yeah. Um, that said, I think that's a decent thing. Or well, I don't I just don't even understand the 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 having to pay for an item to arrive situation. It just seems like sending them another gift is going to be a. It's going to be another expense for right. them. Is there know. is that a, is that just a normal way of shipping that like or like like is that why did that happen I guess is my question the, did, I have no idea I wonder if it's because the game is an American product and there's some sort mm. of I'm I'm speaking way beyond my level of knowledge already <laughs> I haven't even started talking about it um, but I I guess there's an import tax or something yeah yeah I don't know uh, God that's so it's not duty free allowed. Uh, this is i don't know what was the last gift you gave somebody that you were excited about i like giving gifts uh, i got my boyfriend a shirt that is like um like one of those uh, like magic eye things Ma oh interesting you know and and it says when you like kind of blur your eyes a little bit it says epstein didn't kill himself oh my god <laughs> i'm very proud of that where did you get that online Okay, but that's not something you can send to a brother-in-law and a sister. No, no, no. I think I've never sent something out of the country as a gift. It's, this is very, it's a difficult. It's its really hard. I think this is you send them, you pay them for the, the money of the game. Yeah. Add on a little extra for takeout. I think that's so classy. Well, maybe you do, maybe you do like you reimburse for the reimburse. game and then you do like a kind of digital gift card through some sort of delivery app. Right. So to instead of just adding works. cash, something a little more kind of uh, personalized. Something that's at least, yeah, something that's not just literally um, more money in their checking account. Right, right. Which, you know, is also great. Of course. Nobody can say no to cash, but yeah. <laughs> uh, cash plus whatever European gift card you're finding. Yeah. I don't even know how any of that will work. Wayfair. Wayfair. <laughs> uh, no, look, the, it's a tricky situation. And, you know, basically, hopefully this apology, it sounds like they listen to the podcast on occasion. Hopefully this apology would... will be enough. Brother-in-law and sister, uh, I'm sorry that you're dealing with this situation. I mean, my hands are completely clean. <laughs> As uh, are mine. It has hurt John's. We're not dragging John into this. No, I mean, I would hope not. Jesus. <laughs> um, but, you know, hopefully the reimbursement will happen. Uh, get your vaccine. And I think everything will be fine. Well, and I would argue that this is the gift. If they are, in fact, into the podcast, 
they're, them like hearing their this kind of drama aired out, you know, and and analyzed by us, I think will be a real thrill. So we it, say, it better be hello to you, and you know, and I say hi to the baby. <laughs> okay, we've answered the question, John. This is the end of the podcast. What? There's not another question or another game. <laughs> I don't ask. I'm. I just have to face the void. I will bring up another question. I have 60 pages of questions, John. Let's do another question. Let's do one more question. I you asked for it. I'll find a short one. <laughs> okay. You, I mean, this. whoever is getting the next question is going to be... They're very lucky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this this next question does not even address the guest, so my apologies. apologies. It just says Bridger. So you're just assumed here. But can I help? Well, the first sentence is, I need your help. Okay, okay. Uh, My husband and I moved into our house last March, and our neighbors are great. Recently, we had our first significant snow of the year, and they used their snowblower to clear out a portion of the sidewalk as well as their own. Uh, They are two middle-aged women and one late teens boy who just started college. I don't like what I'm hearing. Is this a same-sex marriage? (laughs) Okay, we're not answering this question. This is disgusting. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. He... and Well, here we go. Here's the turn. He is the one who actually did the blowing. So these two middle-aged women did not participate in the help. They sent their son out. Yeah. Besides that, we don't know a ton about them at this point, beyond what John and I have just assumed. Um, what is the perfect thank you for clearing our sidewalk gift we can safely leave on their porch? Thanks. That's from Jenny in Omaha. Omaha gets a lot of snow when it gets... Omaha was the last uh, place I was in outside of Los Angeles, by the way. Wow. That you should do on stage, because that is... <laughs> I mean, there's something there. <laughs> John, that's your show. That's my show. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Okay, so the question really is like, what do you get someone you don't know? What do you get someone who you don't know in the dead of winter in Omaha? I mean, yeah. it is March, so spring is around the corner. Uh, yeah. But, you know, clearing people's walks is no walk in the park. It's uh, no Sunday drive. Have you cleared a walk before, John? Of course not, Bridger. <laughs> um, you know, I, here's what I'll say. I very boldly, the other, like, I would say make something. Like, okay, for example, I made, and this is this is where you get true. Like, this is where you don't get more millennial than this. <laughs> um, but I made chili oil. You made chili oil. I made this is bon appetit. It's in like person. bon appetit excess. It's really disgusting. <laughs> How did you make the chili oil? And why, when there are so many excellent chili oils you can purchase? Well, that is so true, isn't it, Bridger? <laughs> um, but I tell you what, if like this recipe, you like put star anise or whatever anise and um, and cinnamon sticks and like garlic and shallots, and you like Ooh. cook it really low and so for a long time, and it makes your house smell. And Crayabla. I'm and sure. And it's also, the, which is French for incredible. And I took also, three years of French, John. I, I don't four, need the five, lesson. six years of French. I, went I to took France. an additional I two twice. in college. I, t- <laughs> <laughs> I did the role plays. I read the books. I was a treasured student. <laughs> I took the projects to great heights creatively. That teacher has never <laughs> seen, Bridger. Oh. <laughs> oh. But I, um, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, oh. 
so I make these big batches for myself because it's really like it, it's just incredible, and it's just like a fun thing to do. Like it right. feels very like it's, it makes your house smell really good, and it's like a nice way to fill the the, the dead dead days. And um, then I had to borrow a fucking pan for my like elderly neighbors, right? And like I was like, God, what do I do? It was such a nice thing they did for me. And then I like gave them the and then I gave them a little jar of the chili oil, and wrote the ingredients on, and I and it I the reason why it's worth mentioning for me. Is because I did, I came up against this fear of like, is this too bold of a flavor? Right. Like, is this, is it literally too spicy to be giving some without knowing someone's like palate? Sure. And is it potentially like in this day and age when everyone's allergic to everything, especially in LA of all places, people are very picky about their foods and their, and their allergens or whatever. Is it insane? And I felt like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, it felt like, it <laughs> felt like a fashion. nice kind of rejection of like, like kind of LA prickliness around food to just be like, I made this chili oil. If you don't fucking want it, throw it away. Or Take it or it leave it. Your, yeah. Pass it on to the next neighbor. But like, I felt like this, what a specific unexpected gift for them to get. And it's like, it's, it's fun that you put on your eggs. <laughs> oh, I love a chili oil. You can put it meat, on any food. Anything. It's so versatile. And I just felt like it was, um, I, was, I felt proud of it. it. It really did feel old fashioned. Like jarring or canning anything feels oh, very fifties. Yeah. And putting the recipe on the jar, I love that type of gift. Thank you. I think. Wait, where did you get the recipe, John? I need you to tell me where you got the recipe. Please. Look, Morocco. <laughs> I actually think. It's that's an excellent winter gift, something to warm people up. Mm-hmm. This is what you do: you make the chili oil, you put it in a jar with the recipe, buy three pairs of mittens. Oh, that, and you send it over. Now, were, oh, were there three people in the house? Of course, the two moms. Well, okay, you've already erased the two, <laughs> the two women in the house. You're looking at just the Gen Z straight son. We know that you are the cis son. <laughs> <laughs> no this is a family of three and they need three pairs of mittens and some chili oil that is so sweet yeah i just yeah and okay that's i would say anything that you can kind of like can or make is like a, just a lovely anything that can sit in the fridge and can, is very versatile goes on right. lots of different things is a really sweet homey gift or dare i say this is kind of like fancy actually kind of expensive like some sort of like just like beautiful Mm, this isn't good you have to you have to tell us i was gonna say some sort of like beautiful like coffee table book but like like we just like i found this coffee table book at this bookstore in la it was called like something about seashells it's just like it's just like beautiful catalogic like like kind of museum like just like pictures of like every single kind of like known like variety of seashells i'm just like what if and thank God I have it. I love that. I, but like, what if someone had given that to me? I would have fallen <laughs> to my knees. That is not that fancy. I thought you, I mean, I truly was like, try, I could not comprehend what you were about to say. <laughs> a coffee table book. That, well, max $50? Table dollars? Like $80. No, okay, so $80. Really <laughs> okay, but there's a range of coffee table yeah. books. That's not but a bad idea. I just idea. say, I think this, this, is, this is all I'm trying to get at with the chili oil and the seashells, <laughs> is that... People, when they get gifts for strangers, they tend to iron out any sort of like 
actual kind of interesting they, they're trying to right. stay general it's like the most vanilla thing that like yeah because they want to be safe so like an unscented candle who can but it's like we all know when you get something like that you're just like you just throw it away or you <laughs> mm-hmm. like put it in the bin to like the bin to my british um <laughs> here we go you give it a, but like, yeah and i think that like you actually like really should try to be really really specific that's uh, that is something just as a gift giver i've trying i'm trying to embrace more which is the idea of giving someone a gift is it's literally something they weren't expecting yes. and so it doesn't matter if they can i mean you think it's good if they don't think it's good it wasn't going to be part of their life anyway right throw it absolutely. away absolutely and i'm sorry but like if you got a book of fucking seashells and you don't like it yeah, who the fuck you? is your problem? Well, uh, that sounds like someone who wants a book of like old cars. Okay, right. I guess if someone gave that to me, I'd be that like, said, it's a off. very soothing. You know, I'm happy to get anything. I now yeah. host a, a podcast for once a week. I'm getting <laughs> an item, random item. I love it. I just think it's a fun thing to. I don't know. Give them some chili oil, though. All that said, the chili oil is truly a winter a winter must yes it's the bon appetit recipe it's called chili crisp actually right right of course well don't roll your eyes that's what (laughs) half of these oils i've got a jar of chili crisp in my which by the way was given to me as a gift by who uh my friend jessica gow who's just the all-time best but she gave me an excellent chili crisp that i'm putting on everything did she make it or she didn't make it oh poor thing Jessica's both of you. Jessica does listen to this podcast. And once a week, (laughs) she starts texting me in all caps things that she thinks I said wrong. And so this is going to be huge for her. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica's going to be furious. (laughs) Uh, Jessica, I think the chili crisp you gave me is has elevated so many of my meals. Mm. I can't thank you enough. Do you know what the brand is? I can't remember the brand. It has like a an old like a kind of a grandmotherly uh, figure on it, like oh, a photo of oh, an older oh, woman. It's the best. Okay, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Very famous. It's so it's, good. Um, Long Lao Gan Ma or something. That sounds right. Yeah, and she's like a yeah a kind of stern Chinese yeah, grandmother. It's like a portrait. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that is like the ultimate. It's so good. Yeah, truly putting it on. I'm putting it on cottage cheese at this point. Oh yeah, which, no, I don't no. know. Just, I, am I revealing not, something? I've literally put it in sour. I like was starving and I had nothing <laughs> in the fridge. I put chili oil in just a fucking container of sour cream. I <laughs> ate it. What? You're just eating spoonfuls of sour cream. There are worse things I could do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, chili oil. Wow, look at that. We've answered two full questions. One was essentially a customer service uh, inquiry, which I'm fine to answer. If people have other problems with my products, reach out. Uh, I'll answer months later. This is really shaping up to be maybe one of your best episodes. Oh, you absolutely. An all-time golden golden episode. Listeners are thrilled. This is the beginning of season two, John. Oh, season I two. am honored. Am, am, I, am I the premiere? As far as I can tell. I mean, wow. you know, with an interview show, what are we talking about? This isn't serial. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is last week was season end of season one, the last of the first year, which was literally uh, the anniversary of lockdown. Wow. Who'd you have on? Uh, Jen Spira. Do you know Jen Spira? Very funny comedy writer. The name writer. is extremely familiar. Yeah, she's very funny, John. Very okay. funny. I'll check her out on Twitter. <laughs> 
And who knows who will be season two? Maybe this is the last episode and I have a fit. <laughs> John, God bless you for being here. I'm, I've got a full year of uh, four magazines to look forward to. I, I really hope they're good. Again, I haven't cracked a single one. <laughs> I refuse to like, believe that. But they're such a good prop. They're so oh, it's, good. If I need to stage a house in a way yeah. that, you know, really. Um, It'd be so funny if you were staging houses for extra cash. <laughs> That's my side <laughs> You're a stager. <laughs> I would love to stage a home. <laughs> Whoever's doing it sucks. Oh, they're always, always very bad. To me, that's exactly what we were just talking about. And I, we will end this, but I just like <laughs> the people who stage homes or Airbnbs or whatever, like apartments, like are playing to the lowest commoner. They're just being as safe as humanly possible. Let just me like, ask you Are you familiar with this photograph of what I believe is? Uh, maybe a buffalo or an ox that's black and white, a giant, like highly detailed photo of a buffalo. <laughs> I want you to keep your eyes out for this show okay, because I, that is the new, that is in every one of these. I don't know it, but I know it. <laughs> you, oh, it's absolutely, you've probably seen it a thousand times and it's so innocuous that, it, I mean, it's exactly how you stage your home. It's like things that look like objects you would place in a home, but are essentially an object that no one actually owns. And I would just encourage the listeners, you don't have to just passively receive this taste. You can, you can bust through and frame whatever you want to frame. You know what I hate the most is the, um, the, the brass geometric, like it's like little brass kind of like geometric and there's like a light. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're, this is a, that's there's very also, much. There's terrariums. There's like candle holders. There's their lamps. Sometimes they're Chip and Joanna Gaines. Who Do you know, that? are you familiar with them? They're uh, that Christian couple who kind of flips houses on HGTV. Chip and Joanna. Gaines. <laughs> One second. He's um, the most annoying husband in America. Oh. And it's very much their their aesthetic. aesthetic. Yeah. I've never seen this. But they're fully responsible for that. Or they were born of it. I can't say for sure. Oof, <sighs> yeah, it's brutal. Well, yeah. <laughs> John, again, bless you. I've had a wonderful time. I had so much fun, Bridger. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to see you in person at some point. I don't know. I bet soon. Probably in the next year. In the calendar year. Absolutely. In the, uh, probably by the time I get my second Paris room. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a good um, benchmark for it's us. Got, yeah. Yeah. Benchmark? Okay. All right. Uh, thank you. And uh, listener, this is, this is the end. This is, I'm going to complete the podcast now. Uh, whatever you're doing, you can continue to do it without my assistance. Uh, you can move on to a song. Uh, you can do whatever you want because now our time is over. Goodbye. I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's engineered by our dear friend, Annalise Nelson, and the theme song is by miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. That's where you're going to see pictures of all these wonderful gifts I'm getting. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're there? It's really the least you could do. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, go to midroll.com slash ads but I invited you here I thought I made myself perfectly clear when you're
guest in my home. 